Biggie. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Biggie. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, that's right, your eyes and your ears do not deceive you. This is the Hot Take Hot Box, and we are here to talk about everything under the sun involving the Philadelphia sports scene. And I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, although you were in St. Pete's, your love for the Sixers and not the Phillies and not the Flyers, but the Eagles still persists. So, Ty, how you feeling today? I know, I heard. I mean, we, we talked about you were at the pool today, feeling yeah, good. You know, enjoying the St. Pete's weather, weather, weather. The weather. Come on now. Hey, the weather. Um, I was just watching <laughs> the Ultimate Fighter, man. So I was hearing a lot of uh, boom, up. boom, was... up the middle. So a lot of stuff like that. Uh, it was a good episode. It's all a, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, somebody trying to kill his opponent. Yeah, already, Herb Dean was like, you know what? Like, Go ahead, throw it. I don't care. Herb Dean didn't give a fuck, so that's always fun. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty dull Wednesday. The sun has gone out. Has gone into hiding now. So uh, thank God. But yeah, here we are. We're going to talk some Philly sports. Um, you know, football season camp starting soon. Other than that, there's not really, you know, it's quiet. <clears throat> but once we get rolling into the end of July into August, fantasy football mock season is going to be uh, approaching. Oh, yeah. I'm already hearing people uh, doing them. Hopefully, we do not have any, you know, random injuries in the first day of camp or anything like that. But I'm sure there's something's going to happen. But uh, until football season, we uh, we have a bunch of other. You know, it's, it's it's really not there's not much actively going on you know going what is it just baseball right just basically baseball but there's always oh the rumor mill is always popping off this time of year the, the people I mean, the, need stuff to talk about the associ- just another day in the association so in the last 24 hours Draymond Green has not only uh, what do you say about Chris Paul pretty much called him a bum yeah hates him basically that he's like oh um, I'm not I'm not, not going to just say he's cool because he's my teammate it's like oh, oh great man fell like, for a fake Twitter account yes. NBA Sentinel. And told uh, Jordan Paul's dad that it's on site. So <laughs> just it's just another day in the association. And um, I that mean, guy yeah. sucks, man. I, I yeah. mean, he really like I'll team Anthony Poole for sure. What? But he's a good, such a good player. Like for for what he does, like he plays his role great on the floor. But all the like he's friends with a lot shit. of guys. Yeah, like right? and people like him. Yeah, like LeBron, like all these different people around the league. They like him and they respect him. You obviously have to respect his. What he brings to the table on the floor, but he just sucks, man. I, I hate like when he starts just doing all this on Twitter. Like he's yeah, he's like about to fight KG over some fake thing that wasn't even real. And KG's like, bro, what? Like <laughs> KG probably popped on Twitter, like what, dude? Like what you say, fuck me for? Yeah, you know like I mean? exactly, yeah. But uh, listen, I, I have the, not, we got TBT starting up. Or yeah, you who cares? Yeah, I, I, I when I was younger, I used to like that shit, but like who cares? I am such Come a. On, I'm, man. Getting, I'm getting be turned. I'm turning into such an old man now that I just. Yeah. All that shit means nothing to me. Like summer league. Like I guess because we sucked. I probably would if we were bad again and, and some of our meaningful players were playing in it. I probably would hey, have Jay- a different thought. But. Jane Springer, twenty-two points a game, man. Don't sleep. Still can't shoot though. <laughs> he still can't shoot. He's really not great <laughs> offensive player at all. And uh, he's just older than everybody. Yeah, and, and he's yeah exactly. He's been in the league, you know, so he he knows kind of what it's like. Some of these kids don't even know what the fuck they're doing. They're just jacking shots. So summer league is such horrible, horrible basketball. But let's get into what we're really here to talk about: the Philadelphia 76ers, not the summer league Sixers, the Philadelphia 76ers. A lot has gone down since the last time we talked. The Sixers on their roster now have about seven centers. I'm, I'm not. I'm kind of kidding, but I'm not. Uh, the, I'm kidding with the number, but they have a dumb amount of big men now on their roster. Uh, Daryl Morey is going on radio stations telling you not to really nitpick and get too worried about the roster in July. Last which, thing I want to hear. Although, yeah, like although I understand what you're saying, uh, that's not good. That doesn't make me feel better. Uh, James Harden opted into his contract and then asked for a trade immediately, which is not surprising. I I guess I'm kind of brushing over everything. I guess we should just start right away with James Harden. The conversation going into 
his free agency, his impending free agency, is that he was going to walk and we were going to get nothing. He was going to go to Houston and that Houston had mutual interest and yada, yada, yada. But that turned out to be a complete bluff and, and a fraudulent uh, sort of scenario because Houston was never really interested in him. And why would they be interested never. in an over-the-hill point guard who still thinks he's that guy who is not a good – really – I mean, I know they, people say, oh, he's a good teammate. Like, being a good teammate is one thing, and being, like, a cool guy to hang around with is another thing. Like, I think that's what James Harden is. He's probably, like, cool to hang out with. And you don't, like – he's a good guy in the locker room because he doesn't really, like, cause any problems or anything like that for the most part. Yeah. But also, you're not really a good teammate if you're going to strip clubs till 4 in the morning uh, the day before a game. Or, you know, and, and I don't know, you know, you could – Oh, that's not confirmed, or that, that that you don't know that that happened this year. But we know this guy's past. We know who James Harden is. You're not going to tell me that something like that hasn't happened before, so or happened this season. I mean, Doc Rivers was literally getting into it with him during team meetings this year, like calling him out, basically, like, "Yo, James, uh, we're going to need you to kind of uh, like hone it in here, like tighten it up a little bit." And Sam Cassell too. Yeah, and and just you know, James Harden is the kind of guy he does not want to be involved or hear from people who may push back on him a little bit or tell him that he's not the greatest. And listen, that guy thought he was going to get paid this season. He thought he was going to, you know, he took the pay cut and that he was going to be rewarded with a big fat contract no matter what happened. Thought he was going to get a, ma- a four year max deal. And that just never was a realistic proposition. I I thought I don't know if they told him that last year, and that's why he's so hurt. Or I really don't understand his thought process on this, but I I I can't. I am very happy that Daryl Morey. I mean, really, there was a thought that, and a realistic thought, I think, from everyone that maybe like he was just gonna hook his boy up, like that they are just such, you know, like pals. They've gone through. They they were together for so many years down in Houston. Now they reunited here in Philadelphia. That they were just gonna get. You know, he was just gonna hook them up. And that that's just how th- this is what it was going to be. We were going to have four years of James Harden. We were going to be paying him fifty, sixty million dollars into his thirty year age, thirty seven, thirty eight season. It just didn't happen. And now he's kind of taking his ball and, and and trying to go home. But I don't really think that's a uh, like a smart idea on his part. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But I kind of want to let let you chime in. I could just keep going on for like five minutes at a time. But I mean, what I I, I have I have a feeling you you have a lot of the same thoughts on this. Yeah, I'm not. I just. It seems like he's trying to um, do what Damian Lillard is and force his way to the team he wants. Damian Dame wants to go to Miami. He wants to go to. And we'll talk LA about that with... too. That's kind of disgusting, but. <laughs> so I'm just. I just pulled up a uh, Bleacher Report, man. It, it seems like maybe I was just young, but at the time they were like sports journalism and media. They've just fallen off pretty hardly, pretty hard, I should say. So there's a fourteen blockbuster trade offer or deal or idea Bleacher Report has proposed <laughs> with the Heat getting Lillard and Marcus Morris, the Clippers getting Harden and PJ Tucker. Um, the Sixers getting <laughs> Tyler Hero, Kayla Martin, Robert Covington, and two seconds from the Heat and the Blazers get a bunch of picks and a bunch of players. What do you think? Why would the Blazers do that? The Blazers would get a 27, 2027, 2029. I can't believe these, these are the years that we're trading picks. Unprotected first for Miami, 28, and 30 unprotected first from the Clippers, Kyle Lowry, Nick Batum, Nikola Jovic, Kobe Brown, Amir Coffey, and Jason Preston. It's a lot to get back, right? It's a lot of slop. It's yeah, a lot of so, slop, but I, if I'm them, I need something of tangible value. And I also, as the Sixers, why, I don't know why the hell you would do that. Yeah, and, and I mean, you Tyler know. Harrow doesn't really move the needle uh, all that much. I mean, I guess he could play next to Maxi, but it seems like a lot of guys who really – we wouldn't have a point guard. guard. Yeah, we wouldn't have a guy to distribute. But I do like Kale Martin, but also yeah, Robert sure. Covington coming back would just haunt the 21-year-old version of myself. But, um, yeah, it seems like that's what he's trying to do. And, you know, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, the GM is doing what's best for the team. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, right? I mean, if if nobody else is out there biting or the offers that you're getting aren't good, like, you kind of have to – you know, make a decision. And, you know, I, 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 it's tough, man. It's really tough. I, I, I never know um, what the right choice is or right, what the right move is or who's, who to side with. Um, if, if Harden wants to go, then I would trade him, you know. But the problem is, are we going to get Terrence Mann back? Probably not. So it's like, what are we really doing? Are we getting Norman Powell and some picks? Like, what does that do for this team? Not much. But uh, I don't know what he does. Uh, I don't know what Harden 
does for this team. You know what I mean? We kind of saw what Harden does for this team last year. He had 40, what he had, 45 in that first game one and then didn't do shit the rest of the series. So He had 42 in game four. I, That's what I, I was. was there. The I first game like without, that. <laughs> without uh, Embiid. He um, went crazy in game one. Don't forget. I mean, that, that you get, for what it's worth, he did have two good games out of a seven-game series. Yeah. So you, I mean, I can't take that away from him, but... Uh, but I will say, I mean, having three guys on the on the team making thirty million dollars or more, I believe it. I believe it's only three, right? Yeah. Um, Embiid, Harden, and Harris. Tobias Harris making thirty seven. Um, this team's at a crossroads because if you look at the the talent you have and the age of the roster, uh, we're going to start falling off. Is what it seems like. You know, I mean, we don't have that many picks at our disposal. We didn't have any picks in this year's draft, which is, I mean, Sam Hankey is probably rolling in his grave seeing the Sixers have zero picks in a draft. Um, I mean, dude, Joel beats 29. You know, like, it, when, when does he start to fall off? Because last year we probably we, we saw the best version of him, correct? And uh, this year I would expect to see similar si- a similar version of him as long as he's healthy. Uh, but what, what happens going forward? Like, he's a big guy. He's not young. And you got to figure his regression is going gonna, <clears> to <throat> come hard, man. And then James Harden's already taking a step back. Uh, we signed P- uh, Patrick Beverly, 35 years old. P.J. Tucker's 38. Tobias is 31. Like you said, we have a bunch of centers. Mo Bamba, Montrez Harold, Joel B. Dwayne Dedman. I think he's a free agent, actually. Paul Reed, we brought Paul Reed back. We just don't have much young talent. Uh, Maxie's 22. That's all good and well. But, like, you know, what, what, DeAnthony Melton's 25. He's probably topped out. Um, any of those young kids that are 21 and 20 that we got uh, undrafted, I don't think they're really going to play. Quavion Smith, Ricky Council, no, uh, Philip Petrasev, uh, even Jaden Springer. Like I don't think Jaden Springer is going to make an impact on the NBA team. Yeah, it's funny he's only twenty, but still, man. I mean, Tyrese Maxey made step, made leaps when he was twenty, twenty-one. So I just I don't know what really this team does. A couple of my friends, we, we had discussions about the the Sixers weekly. You know, talking about we're going to be terrible, we're going to be terrible. I think we're going to be like a 40, 45, 55 win team somewhere in that range. It really all depends on. But, you know, what happens with Harden and what happens with Embiid's health. But now we have Embiid talking about, I just want to win a championship, whether that be in Philly or someone, somewhere else. And now everyone's like, Jesus Christ, man, you want out too? And, you know, I'm not, I, I can't really say I'm surprised. He's been here for so long. He's endured a lot. The first couple of years he didn't even play. He was in, where was he at? He was in the Middle East recovering, uh, you know, trying to do some new procedure with his foot. He's really gone through hell and back. And, um, I mean, he has the city in the palm of his hands. He always has. But now it's it's just like everybody, and the fans, the players, the coaching staff, the front office, everybody's kind of just up in the air. Nobody really knows what's next. And, um, I mean, that's kind of where I am. I don't know what's next. I mean, I would like for, for them to run it back with James Harden, but also I would like them to move him and maybe get something good back. I just don't think the Clippers are going to give away their probably best young player in terms of man or, uh, you know, first-round picks that I don't even know if they have. So, uh yeah, I don't know what's next. I think it's going to be a long waiting game, right? I think we're probably going to wait until September. I think um, I just I, it, it seems like it seems like he's going to be back, but I have no idea. I truly have no idea. So um, I don't even know what I want. I'm, I, I'm at that stage of fandom where I don't even know what I want the team to do, and I usually do. Like I know what the Eagles. Listen, I want you guys. I want you guys to draft Georgia players. Boom, do it. Like, you know what you want from the Flyers, rebuild. That's what they're doing. You know what you got from the Phillies, boom. I don't know what the Sixers' plan is. I don't know what, you know, their idea is. They probably want to They probably want to just capitalize on Embiid's prime, right? They don't want to waste another year of Embiid's prime. If I think you trade James Harden and you don't get much back, that probably is wasting another year of Joel Embiid's prime. So, ideally, you keep Harden one more year, see what you can do, and then after this year, I think things might get a little easier. But... I mean, what what do we do with cap space? You know what I mean? Like, it's really hard to – it seems like in the NBA, it's a lot different than the NFL where, you know um, – how do I how do I say this? The NBA kind of moves quickly. Like, you know, Paul George gets traded, you're like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Kawhi gets traded, you're like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. You know, things happen very quickly in the NBA compared to uh, other sports, it seems like, except for maybe baseball in the offseason, but – uh, bigger rosters, a lot more, go- a lot much, much more going on. So I don't know. I, I you know, do we trade MB? Do we trade MB and Harden? Do we trade MB and Harden Max the end, Tobias? I mean, I don't know. I I just really hope we just make 
good moves and, and stop getting completely fleeced. But Well, I think there's a few things here. Uh, one, back to the James Harden thing. I think James Harden has no choice but to play well this season. If he really, if the goal is to get paid, I do not think him coming into camp causing a problem wearing the fat suit like everyone likes to just like joke about and like that's what he's going to do he's going to be a, like a problem then he's not going to get paid next year and he's kind of yeah. running out of time so i i am not in fear like i am not in uh i don't hold the belief or i am not hoping that they bring him back and like try to run it back i never wanted that to happen i, I love the fact that we didn't sign him to a long-term deal and that it's only a one-year deal i am in agreement with Daryl Morey that I'm not just going to trade him just to get rid of him, but I do want to be realistic somewhat about getting something for him. I I understand like he he's like an all star level player or some some like stuff that I could flip for an all star level player, which that I can I can see or or agree with. The Clippers, it seems like he's that's the only place he wants to go, and he's really pushing that narrative, or his people, his lackeys in the yeah. media, are pushing that narrative. I don't really see how that that kind of comes to fruition unless they give something up. I'm not taking like a Morris twin and Covington. I'd rather let him rot on the on the bench and then go in the free agency and he still won't go to the Clippers. Like he needs us to go to the Clippers. He needs somebody to sign him to a sign and trade and then send him to the Clippers. The Clippers have no cap room. They like they just gave these massive deal they they gave massive deals out and they're about to give more massive deals out to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George so he wants to play with Russell Westbrook and, and whatever if let that be the Clippers problem that that has that is fine by me I have no problem trading James Harden but I need something back I need a Terrence Mann I need Norman Powell you know like I need something that I can at least take to somebody else and say, like a, like a Terrence Mann, and be like, hey, do you, like he's a good player. Would you want him in a trade? Plus Tobias Harris and get like a Levine or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who it would be, but some but something of value that you can look at and say, all right, I want that back. That's fine. We, we'll do that deal. I, yeah. With, with the, their strategy, though, uh, it seems like their strategy right now is to just kind of punt on this season and, and, and like try to get cap room for next year, which I don't really get because if you look at the free agents next year, it's not something where we are clearing the deck to try to get LeBron or Giannis or Steph Curry or any of the like top flight players in the league. We're talking about like Jalen Brown and Pascal Siakam and, and like good players, but not something where I'm willing to punt a season on and then, like, oh, we're definitely going to win the title next year. Yeah, like, I'm not giving $200 million to Pascal Siakam. Good player. No. Make no mistake about it. Not going to sell my franchise for him. It's not going to happen. So it seems like they don't want to trade Tobias. That that has died down big time. And I, I just I don't think that, that means necessarily that they won't get moved, but they, they just... It seems like there's not really a priority right now in this front office. Like, he's... Too busy looking at NFTs and hanging out at the beach and making funny Twitter jokes, and he's uh, like not really concerned with trying to build this team or make this team better. He, we don't have a, an athletic wing on the entire team. He let Jalen McDaniel's no. walk, which is fine. I, I'm not really. I see people like having mental breakdowns about that on Twitter. That guy right. couldn't even get on the floor in the playoffs. So I'm not really. That's not something I'm going to sit here and be like, oh my god. And thank God they traded Matisse Thybul, although they got rid of him and got nothing for him. But I mean, that guy just got 33 million dollars for three years, and he stinks. Also, he started playing. He started playing way better when we. Got of course. Go figure. But. Well, I mean, he's. And yeah, I, I never really put stock in when players go to bad teams and play well. It's, yeah, you know, you know how that is. It, we have plenty of those guys who were on our team, bad, bad teams, pretty uh, okay, mediocre players, but they look like you know they look like the second coming of Michael Jordan. I am old enough Tony to remember Roden. KJ McDaniel's. I mean KJ <laughs> McDaniel's MCW next up or whatever you said. Uh, yeah, remember Tony Roden averaged like seventeen a game, and then next year he's out of the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. like because that, that's real shit. I mean, these guys are basically playing in a, in a men's <laughs> league, but they were just at the highest <laughs> level, and they, they Eddie Hoban, baby. Yeah, basically, shout out Eddie Hoban, but. No, I, I listen, and then and then Embiid wants to go uh, on what a Maverick Carter or you know whatever the fuck he was whatever that was on the stage and say well, say what he said and then kind of it's, if I'm gonna be frankly honest about it, be a coward about it afterwards on Twitter 
and act like that's not he like he didn't mean exactly what he said. He he knows what he yeah. said. He knew what that would do to the people. He wasn't trolling. He's being dead ass serious. And now he's trying to kind of like kind of trying to like backtrack and act like, oh no no, that's not what I mean. I'm Troel, you know. I'm I'm just trying to be funny and like, yeah. And for him like, to do that shit, they him, you know, James Harden. Okay, that's one thing. I expect James Harden to fold in the biggest moments. He's done it his whole career. Joel yep. should be getting that kind of same tr- like uh like verbal treatment from the media and everyone because he folded in Game Seven and I get. Everyone likes to use the excuse that he's hurt. He was hurt this year, but he is hurt every single season come the playoffs. No matter yeah. what. If you know like last year they babied him all the way to the playoffs, you know, and, he, and then he gets his face ran into and that's like it's a, a, such a freak accident. A couple of them have been freak accidents. Seems like they all are freak accidents, but no matter how it happens, you're still always hurt. No matter what. So, but he's so reckless that he the freak accents aren't really freak accents because of how he plays and how he maneuvers his body. He's always crashing hard. There's no reason you should be Scott Hartnell of the NBA. There's just no reason for that. I mean, look at some of the other guys that are big, that are like big and athletic. You know what I mean? They, they, Mo Bamba. This is not a great great example. Um, he's a big athletic guy. Is he always on the floor? No. Is, is Jokic, who's not as athletic, but is he always on the floor? No. Like. Just shit like that just shouldn't happen, you know. Especially in the first quarter of Game Thirty Three, and Embiid hit the floor hard, and now he's like, you know, you hear it throughout the arena. He fucking thuds against the ground, and you're like, dude, you know, this is the tenth game of the year in the first quarter. What's going on? Like, this shouldn't be happening. Bro, we're so. playing the Hornets on a Tuesday night. Like, <laughs> we don't, we don't need that. But it's even more just the way, like, you see the way Jokic plays. He's skilled. He doesn't really leave the floor. His feet never yeah. really leave the floor. He just dominates the floor or dominates the whole Very game. Fundamental. Yeah, by just using fundamentals, just knowing how to play, knowing where to be, knowing where the ball has to be. And I get Jokic has probably been playing much longer than uh, Embiid. And we all, we we know sure. we've talked about Embiid slow starter in in the sense that he didn't really start playing until he was sixteen years old or fifteen, or however old he was. I, he just needs to hone it in a little bit, and it's not even really that. It's just the mentality and the body language that him, those two had, especially towards game. I mean, game six, it started at the end of that game six. They just both looked like they wanted nothing to do with what was going on there. Game four, PJ Tucker. Yeah. PJ Tucker at home is screaming at Joel Embiid, basically like, we need you to like snap out of it. Like you're kind of like playing soft as shit right now. You're getting bodied by Al Horford, who's almost like 50 years old. And, and, and at one point, he was bodying him. Everybody was to remember that at that one point, uh, I forget what game it was. At one point, everybody, Tyrese Maxey was picking on Al Horford. Everybody was picking yes. on Yes. They picked on and him in like, game one. Ins- insane. I don't understand. It's just, it's just, uh, it has to be something upstairs. It has to be something mental. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, I, so, um, remember his struggles against the, uh, the Hawks, that series, the game seven, that was so just. Him and Trey Young were battling for who could be the worst player and who could, uh, you know, choke and look like the biggest idiot on the biggest stage. And uh, I don't know, man. I love Joel. I always love Joel. Obviously, you know, the city loves him. And I guarantee if he brought a championship to the city, most of the fans would want a statue uh, for, sure. for him. But it's it's starting to uh, – it looks like the pressure's starting to get to him, honestly, if I, if I could be completely honest, you know. Um, so we'll see. I mean – I don't know. I, I mean, Let's, the problem is people are going to want to trade him, and like, who's going to give up some, you know, a big. Uh, listen, what, whatever his value is, like his fair value, whatever it is, we're not going to get that back for a thirty-year-old, thirty-plus-year-old injury-prone center. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's not that's probably not the move. But if we do want to rebuild, which again, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, it all goes back to my. Uh, my com- mass confusion for this entire organization and the fans. Nobody, nobody knows what to do. There's no vision. There's no. There's no path forward. There's no way that you, like you said, could get proper value. Excuse me, back for him. There's no way that you could really like. Th- there's just no remedy right away that any of us can see. Like the the few things that I point to. Okay, Nick Nurse. Uh, he's obviously got to be a better head coach than Doc Rivers. I don't know if he's really gonna make the worlds a difference. Uh, in the sense that they're just all of a sudden going to be an NBA Finals contender just because they changed the coach. 
But uh, I mean, you would agree that's that's a a positive, right? So maybe Tyrese Maxey takes that next step. He becomes that point guard that we you know always wanted him to be, and becomes that superstar that all these people talk about, and how he's going to be so great. Other than that, I really don't see how the team gets much better. Uh, you know, without a, a big move, without a James Harden move that kind of shakes this whole thing up, and they're able to get a. Zach Levine or somebody like that, which I am not honestly the biggest Levine fan in the world. That's just a name or somebody that seems like it could it could kind of fit in here and help a little bit in the athletic wing department who can shoot threes yeah. and does you know does a lot of shit and the ball and it, you know it wouldn't be all on his shoulders like it kind of is in uh, Chicago. You know he has some help, but not real real help like yeah, Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. So yeah. The tough part is they really just don't have a, a vision, and we have no faith in the GM. We have no faith in ownership. Ownership just kind of sucks. They distance themselves from the city. They want to build a stadium in the middle of Chinatown, uh, you know. And they just—it just seems like there's always something other than the focus of let's win a championship going on. There's—they don't have. There's just so many reasons to not like this team, as opposed to actually like this team, like. Maybe yeah, a guy like, and I, I guess that's why I get why people don't want to trade Maxi because a guy like Maxi is a reason that you would want to go down and watch them and support this team because he's just a you know young kid, he plays hard, he he scores, he's exciting. I get that, but we also have the MVP, and he, all of us have kind of grown a little bit of apathy towards him. It's not all the way there yet. I would say he just won the MVP, and I don't hate. I'm not ready to close the door on him completely, but. There is such a sour taste in our mouth from what just transpired in the playoffs. Again, that's the thing. Again, that like that Hawks series was not that long ago, and last year against Miami, they did the exact same thing. They laid down like dogs. It didn't get the game seven, but you remember Joel misses the first two games. They come back. They win two games in a row. So it's two two going back to Miami, and they get their doors fucking blown off in that game five because they basically just look like they didn't want to be there. And then game six, I'm there and I'm watching them not want to be there. Like they looked actively like they didn't want to be there. And it's like, well, why, why should I pay my money to come down here and support this team? If the, the players who are making millions of dollars just seem like they don't really care about the results and don't want to be there. That's, and I get like, people will go and say, Oh, well, that's not the case that, you know, they obviously care. They're like, they're this is their job, and they've been doing this for like I shouldn't even have to question if that's the case. Like you don't watch the Phillies and be like, oh, these guys really don't want to be here, you know, or any yeah. of the other teams that you can name in even in basketball. Like no one watched the Heat, even though they lost in the finals, and were like, now nah, they kind of like dogged it. They just didn't seem like they wanted to be there. Even the Celtics were about to get swept three zero, and they came back. Like no one's saying that about some of these other teams. We're saying it about the Sixers. Yeah, and also with the whole Maxi point, <clears throat> like he's going to get like a hundred plus million. Oh, probably two hundred. Yeah, for sure. He, it'll be in the probably neighborhood of two hundred. Yeah, and if he if he improves, uh, if he makes another step, whether it be a big step, a small step, it's going to be one fifty. It's going to be two hundred. It's going to be two. Like <laughs> you know, that dollar amount <laughs> is going to keep going up. And you know, what do you do then? You give him all the money that we just all the money that you saved with you know whoever it is, Tucker and. And Patrick Beverly and Tobias Harris with them leaving, do you just now all of that's going to go to him? Like, what? I don't know. That's all really our only young promising player. Uh, besides, uh, it's just him. It's just him. It's really just him. So, yeah, I mean, you know, free agency is not really the the way to go. It seems like it's all about making trades, but we don't have assets to trade. You know, mostly most teams just uh, keep their keep their stud players, their core players, with their max and super max contracts. So yeah, I, I just I don't know. You need listen, and those people like uh, I I this is gonna I'm telling you I warned you guys ahead of time this is gonna be a long one because I have a lot of shit that I have had uh, like built up and all my chest that I need to get off of my fucking chest. You people out there need to stop clinging on to Maxi as well. Like the theory I get now that it's not really real, but the Damian Lillard thing, like that is the guy that we need. All right, we need a guy who is kind of somewhat able to take that alpha role away 
from Joel Embiid and will take ownership upon, okay, I will shoot the shot at the end of the game. I will make sure that we, you know, that, that uh, we take care of business at the end of the game. There'll never be a doubt that I'm playing harder, that I'm engaged, or that I'm locked in. I won't just kind of chill for a, a deciding game seven. I get loving Maxi, but this team needs a, a superstar, and the only way to acquire that guy is through a Tyrese Maxey. So I understand not wanting to trade him, but I don't understand trading him for someone like Damian Lillard is out of the question for you. Then we are truly never going to win. By the time Tyrese Maxey becomes the player you want him to be or need him to be, Joel Embiid will be broken down and he will be done. So it's really, you can't rebuild around Tyrese Maxey. I hear some of you say that. That's not real, guys. He's He's not that kind of player. He will put up a lot of empty stats. He is not the best player on a championship-winning team, nor will he ever be. There's not a lot of guys that are, okay? So you need to be realistic about this. You have the reigning MVP on your team. You need to surround him with not just, you know, I, I see all these player, uh, people like, well, look at these teams. The, the Nuggets had such a better uh, roster and more depth and all that. They did. But they also had Jamal Murray, who had out-of-body experiences in – Games, you know, in the finals and games against the Lakers where he made like seven threes in a court. Like, you need that other guy. You need a co-star. You need the Robin to someone's Batman. That's that's a real thing. You do need a whole team. That goes without saying. But uh, the Sixers had a good enough team this season where they could have competed with the Miami Heat. And they were obviously competing with the Boston Celtics. They weren't that far off. But the fact that they're... It, now, I don't say that to say that, oh, well, you can run it back and it'll be there. The reason they're far off is because their top two guys laid down, man, and their point guard had no juice at the end of it. The- there shouldn't even be people coming out like Spike Eskin saying that someone told him, which I don't know how Spike Eskin found this out, but that's another conversation for another day, that he was told that people knew right when they walked in the locker room that he was going to have a bad game. That being James Harden. Like, are, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how is that even a thing? It's game seven, bro. You, I would be, like, foaming at my locker, right? Like, ready to go. Like, I, the problem would be he played too hard. Or, he, he, you know, like, he was too psyched up. Like, this guy seems like he's walking into a funeral every time there's a big game. And really, at this point, what is, there, what is the stress? Everyone already thinks you're a choke artist. You might as well just let it all hang out. But you see the way he played in that game seven. It was a disgrace. And, and it kind of plays out that way. But... I don't know, Ty. I, I guess I could sit here all day and go uh, around about. I, I, and I guess the Damian Lillard, I just want to talk about that, how that guy has kind of ruined his credibility and uh, all the good grace that he built up through the 10 years uh, or so in Portland has kind of like dissipated and, and kind yeah. of evaporated because his agent is strong-arming the Blazers and forcing them to trade him to Miami for peanuts and scraps, which is kind of, it really is disgusting. It's one of the things that I hold uh, against Claude Giroux, which I know that that's kind of a deep cut for some people who don't really like hockey, but Claude Giroux had a no-trade clause towards the end, and he basically forced his way to, to Florida. And we were yeah, really yeah. not able to negotiate a trade or create a bidding war for, with another team so that we could have you know, run, run it up a little bit. I mean, I get... You wanting to go to a place, you know, whatever place you want to go. If you want to go there, you want to go there. That's right. That's why you have a no trade clause. But you are doing your team that has you've been with for ten plus years. You're doing them dirty on the way out, and there's no way. That, and they get you like I, I hear all these people say, "Well, the, they should do right by Dane." You know, like he he. Well, look at all he did for the Blazers. They should help him out. And it's well, why don't you help me out too? Like, why don't we fucking help each other out? Give me one more team. That I can negotiate with, that you know that you will like that you're not just shitting on saying, well, I won't go there. I'm not going anywhere but Miami. I can't get anything then. Why would they even like? They're not going to trade Bam out of bio to us, which is obviously what they want. They don't want Tyler Harrow. So like, help us out. Help me help you. And, and uh, I don't like when these athletes do that to, uh, at the end of their run. And then it's just like, well, I, all these people are like, well, the NBA is watching. Uh, you know, if they. Do him dirty, then the players aren't going to want to go to uh, to Portland. Who the fuck wanted to go to Portland anyway? Like that, that's not right. a real thing. That's just a fake thing that they're trying to make these fucking people feel bad. Like, just do yeah. your thing, man. I wouldn't trade Dame 
uh, unless I got whatever I wanted, and I'll make him sit out. Because Portland has no incentive to trade him right now, whatsoever. Like they, if no. he sits out, they still tank again, and they they st- like it's the same thing. It's the same result. They they they're just gonna wait until they get what they want, and that's exactly what they should do, and that's what the Sixers should do with James Harden. Yeah, and Portland has some good young players, where whereas we do, we do not. Yeah, you know they have Anthony Simons, who's making about twenty two million a year to give you a rough estimate of what Maxi might uh, might command. Oh yeah. Uh, um, who else? Chris Murray's twenty two. Jabari Walker's twenty. Uh, Shaden Sharp's twenty. Scoot Henderson's nineteen. Yeah. Even man. Justice Winslow somehow is twenty seven. I feel like he's been in the league thirty years. So Jeremy Grant's twenty nine. Forgot they had him still. Um, they just signed into a fat deal too. Fat, fat. I, I just forgot. Just remember that. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I don't know what we do. I'm I'm all for trading James Harden, but um, you know, if we give him away for nothing, we're kind of just fucking ourselves. Yeah. You can't so. just like let him walk. Like you can't just trade him for scraps. You can't trade him for Roco and and Marcus Morris in a first like that. <laughs> truly, would just God. we're done. We are done then. Like then it's like I now like I the only thing that I kind of understand why Joel said what he said is because he probably does get the same feeling that we do that they're like trying to like they might punt on this year and kind of just try to set themselves up for next year and he's probably like dude I'm not fucking doing that man like we are not I I had just won the MVP I, I'm not sitting around next year and playing with a bunch of bums. And trying to carry another squad and using like my one of my good years that I have left on this like travesty of of a roster. So you're gonna have to give me something here. You're gonna have to help me out a little bit. And that's the only aspect I would understand it from Joel. But still, it just seems like he all these guys just seem like crybabies. Like you know, like like James not getting what he wants. So now he's gonna cause a little. You know, you're gonna be a little baby about it. And you know he's gonna he's gonna comp- cry and complain like someone's doing him wrong when he's getting paid thirty six million dollars to play this season. He's still a somewhat productive player, but he obviously has shown in the playoffs that he's not consistent or or in the regular season he's just not consistent enough to give fifty million dollars to, and he's too old. So doesn't defend still doesn't defend. He really, other than distributing and con- scoring sometimes. It's really, and he just sucks the life out of the offense. It, I just don't think him and Nick Nurse are going to work well either. So I, I guess I just wonder, like, you you know, to bring it back to the beginning, uh, we've done almost 40 minutes on this. It's just like I don't really know where they go other than uh, uh, somebody kind of a miracle getting pulled out and a rabbit out the hat, and we get somebody that was not on the radar, we did not expect, and he just kind of pops up. But, uh yeah. And unless maybe Damian Lillard's tune changes, and they're able to get you know Maxi and Tobias for, for you know and a couple of sprinklings for Damian Lillard, because again I still believe you know Dan Lebetard's delusional ass saying that uh, Hero is better than Maxi. Uh, you know I don't care what ever stat you pull out or whatever. I can use my eyes. I know Maxi is a better basketball player than Tyler Hero. It's it's not. It's really not that close. Tyler Hero's an okay. Good, you know, a good to okay basketball player. He's not better than Tyrese Maxey, nor will he be. So uh, that that's that. And I think you know it's unfortunate that we're not going to be able. There's really not going to be anyone that kind of be- becomes available. Like the only guy in the future I could see is maybe Giannis, because it seems like Giannis is starting to. There's when you start to hear those little rumblings from a guy, like from a team and from a guy who's really never said anything like that. You start to wonder because I heard I saw a couple things in uh, like early June, and, and like you know after they got knocked out was basically kind of like uh, you know like he's people are starting to look and monitor the situation which they've said about Joel but that's starting to become more of a realistic thing now too so I don't know I'm I feel like I'm rambling now but uh, that you have any closing remarks on our Philadelphia 76ers? The diff- the difference there is Giannis is one and Embiid is one nothing. So, True. You know we haven't even got, we have have we even gotten to a conference final, let alone one a conference final. I don't believe so. It's a two thousand one. Right. So two thousand and one so, is the last time the Sixers have been past the second round. Man, brutal, brutal, absolutely brutal. So I I don't know. I just again very uh, very much in the air. Everything's in the air. Yep, and uh, you know what's 
also in the air is the the health of Andrew Painter because now it has been reported. Let's let's uh, clip that over to the Phils. But the Phils are kind of uh, have turned it around here as of late. They are what fifty two and and forty two or fifty three and uh, fifty two and forty two. I think yeah, yeah, they're ten games above five hundred. They are you know cruising along in the at the major league level, but you know Andrew Painter, he's was he twenty years old now, nineteen years old. He's been dealing with his sort of elbow soreness and uh, you know elbow injury or whatever. Since. Any kind of elbow inflammation. When you hear that, just assume that you're not going to see that player for two years. Yeah, I know they try to rest and rest and rest. there's nothing you get. Elbow inflammation means one thing: Tommy John surgery. So. Yeah, it sucks. It's very unfortunate, but honestly, you'd rather this happen to him now than at twenty three, four, five, maybe. It's tough. It's hard to find a silver lining here, but it does happen often. It does happen very, very often. Honestly, to young pitchers, especially young pitchers that throw hard. He's what six seven, two fifteen. He's been he's been that size since he was drafted out of high school. He has a seventy grade fastball. Uh, from a 20 to 80 grade scale, 70 grade fastball, one of the best fastballs in the minor leagues. Also a nasty slider. Um, he's nasty, man. He's a really good four pitch mix. Three of them are are plus plus. Like oh, that's nasty. your guy right there. Yeah, for sure. That's your guy right there. Mick Abel. I like Mick Abel a little bit, but I think he's starting to uh, look at his triple A stats or his double A stats. Yeah, they're not great, um, but he's still getting some swings and misses. The hitters aren't really crushing the ball off of him necessarily. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, their farm system is not good. I, I see people saying like, can we, can we trade every team pretty much? Uh, should we trade for Otani? It's like, guys, you got to remember who you are and who this player is. Like the Phillies don't have enough to pull it off. You can offer them your top 500 prospects. Like it's not going to get it done. I also like, um, not to say like, not that I don't want him, but I'm not trading for him for a half season. Uh, like, no, there's no, there's uh, no I would reason. just rather like take my swing at him in the off season and maybe try to sign him and for nothing. You know, you're obviously a lot of money, but like, I'm not giving up a bunch of prospects for a half season because I don't know. It doesn't sound like he really wants to come out east and, and play. Like he only, it's only really the Dodgers, and like that's it. Like that's the only other team. Like yeah, people are saying the Yankees, but but no one really thinks that, right? I mean. Like the Yankees think I mean, that because they, you know, they they've signed you know Tanaka and stuff like that, so they think, oh, we'll we'll get Otani. Like we have the money. We're the Yankees. I don't know if that's really is, necessarily the case, but yeah, the problem is Hal wants to stay under the. He wants to be a penny pincher nowadays. So you know, the days of Steinbrenner's throwing money around is pretty much over. They're not doing that ever. They haven't, you know, at least the Dodgers will still do it. The Dodgers haven't in a couple of years. They're saving up for Otani, so. We'll see maybe the Mariners. I've heard a lot of people talk about the Mariners because of you know, Ichiro and whatnot. They also don't have really much money uh, allocated to anybody. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, back to the Phillies. I mean, yeah, they're 4-1 since the All-Star break has uh, commenced. Yeah. Uh, they play the Brewers today. Probably um, – who we got pitching? Who we got pitching? I believe I it's uh, Christopher Sanchez, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know that for sure. But uh, listen, the thing with the Phillies – uh, the big talk was that they needed a fifth starter and that they, you know, they needed good starting pitching. Nola gave you a great game last night for him. Nola, for what it's worth, has pitched late into these games and has given your bullpen a rest and days off when he's pitching. Uh, you know, from the uh, when you'd have to go full bullpen game and you're seeing Bellotti in the third inning or, you know, Bailey Falter starting and getting blown up in the first inning. Like, at least... Guys like Nola, you know, a guy like Christopher Sanchez gives you five solid innings usually. Uh, Wheeler has not been too great this season, uh, but I think a lot of those guys are they're kind of shaking off that uh, postseason hangover. You know, they pitched later into the season, more innings than they have in probably their whole careers. So I understand that from the sense Tywin Walker has kind of turned it around uh, off of his early season mishaps. And uh, you know, getting good innings out of Ranger Suarez. That seems like that has been the uh, what has keyed in the turnaround. Obviously, the offense has uh, rebounded once they put your boy man Kyle Schwarber into that uh, into the number one slot, into that leadoff slot. It has kind of turned this team around, and he's you know he's hitting home runs, he's producing. So it's just another bat that that is producing. 
Bryce Harper finally hit another home run the other day, or no, before the All Star break. Four. Or was it before? No, it was after. It was after the All Star break. It was just the other day. I, 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 he's, I, a bit, he's struggling a bit, man. Oh yeah, I mean he's like still hitting three hundred, but it's just not the Bryce Harper that we have grown to, you know, expect and have become accustomed to. He's not that. He hasn't been that guy this season. The uh, you, you know Castellanos has continued to just be the guy that you expected, right? I mean he's continued to play well. You know what is he? Is he still hitting? He's still hitting above three hundred. I'm pretty sure. Two ninety. Um, okay. Well, he's, but he's yeah, I mean, on a base. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, a little bit on base is three thirty two. I mean, he, he's kind of like a a little bit like JD Martinez, where he's hot and cold. Hot and cold. You, you figure you're not getting much out of him defensively. Um, yeah, I mean, their their lineup in general, uh, uh, as a whole for the whole year, is just not producing great numbers. No. Um I mean, JT still two forty, like two forty seven. So. Yeah, his. Uh, JT's on base is 306. Trey Turner's on base is 303. That's just, it's not good, man. I mean, you know, uh, Kyle Schwarber's still, his average is going to be low. It's pretty much, you know what you're getting with Kyle Schwarber. The, the, the thing you have with Kyle Schwarber, he's got 26 home runs. Nobody else has more than 13. So, yeah. you know, if, you, if people are saying, hey, uh, we don't want Kyle Schwarber, take Kyle Schwarber off this team. You don't have, you might be one of the worst power hitting teams in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, Trey Turner's slugging percentage is under 400, man. That is. Brutal. He's brutal. Been awful, man. So, it, you know, like they, I'm looking at their guys now, like way to run to create a plus. The average is 100. They have a lot of guys just around 109 for Stott, 118 for March, 86 for Turner, 102 for Real Muto. Like, it's just, um, you know, Alec Baum, I know people love him. I'm not sure, you know, he, he he's just average to me. Yeah. Um, and then you got a couple guys like Josh Harrison, Darren Call, no. Cody Clemens. Those are just you know AAA oh, players. So yeah. um, I don't like to say that, but yeah, they kind of <laughs> Edmundo Sosa. I know he's a fan favorite because his name's Sosa, but you know he walks at like one. He has a walk percentage of one point five. Um, so if you're not if you're going to hit two forty and not walk, not really sure what you're giving to this team. So I think they need to go out and get a bat. I, I don't know what uh, what you say uh, outfield bat. That's what or, a lot of people are saying. The, the The theory is to go out and get an outfield bat so that uh, Schwarber doesn't have to play the field and that he can just DH. And then you, yeah, the, the like idea that. is that Harper's going to play first base this upcoming weekend against the Guardians. That's what the, the rumor is. But they've seems like continually push that back week after week after week to get him more work or whatever the excuse is. There's a new one all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I listen, I don't know who – I just think I, – I really don't think it matters what the position is. I think you're able to figure it out no matter what. Um, one of those guys from the Cardinals, either either one, I don't think you can go wrong there. If you get Arenado, you get Goldschmidt. You know, I don't know if they're going to be available or not. I mean, it, the theory is that they are because it doesn't seem like uh, they are going to be in contention of any sort. Would you agree? I think the Cardinals are coming. I I think they I have never been high on them. They're forty two um, and fifty three, so I mean I, I don't yeah, see Yeah, ten games back. Uh they're closer I mean they're probably gonna be in last place soon if the Pirates I mean talk about a fall from Grace, the Pirates are just Yeah, that that was the thing with St. Louis is playing pretty well lately. They've won four in a row, seven of the last ten. Maybe if they get closer to five hundred they'll they won't sell, but they probably should. I mean Arenado and Goldie are both getting up there in age, so they have a uh the Cardinals do have a lot of um, Pretty good. Not a lot. They have a couple uh, good young prospects, good young players. The f- the problem is like, what do the Phillies have to offer other than Andrew Painter, who's now shelved for two years? You're still not going to trade him, but teams are are also not going to really want him. Yeah. N- not that they wouldn't want him, but uh, you know, <laughs> for a guy who's just get- it just got announced that he's getting Tommy. I just think that's a you know a team. Sh- nobody wants him in- involved in the trade. Right? He's pretty much off. Um. Yeah, I don't think I'd really want to trade him, and, and now that his value is no lower, I don't really want, you know. Yeah. I'm not Teams aren't going to want to trade for him for Soto, and you're not going to give him up for somebody that's not Soto. You know yeah. what I mean? So, other than him, though, I mean, they have two top 100 prospects, Mick Abel, Justin Crawford. Um, they're both probably, Justin Crawford's a way away from making his debut. Um, but still, I mean, how much young pitching do you have? You have Andrew Peter, Mick Abel. I guess Griff McGarry, he's 24. Uh, and he's in double A still, you know what I mean? So that's a bit worrisome there. Yeah. And other than that, you, you don't really have a 22 year old Alex McFarland in single A. 
that's your eighth best prospect. Like they, they just don't really have prospects. Justin Crawford, again, he's I like him, Carl Crawford's son, but uh, I don't think his ceiling is that crazy. I don't know if he's ever going to be that great of a hitter. Um, How you Lee? Not sure who this Asian fella he's is. Nice. He's our fifth prospect. Yeah, he's nice. Johan Johan Rojas at six. I think you see him with the club now. Yeah, he's pretty. Uh, listen, I will say about Johan Rojas, he, he's a guy that the Phillies have been missing. For a long time, like uh, that sort of spark plug can cover so much ground out in center field and like hits, you know, he's got a good bat. Like, I I don't like I don't know if he has a a spot on this team. Obviously, I I feel like uh, with uh, lefties pitching, then you're going to see a lot of him because they've been platooning Marsh, even though they traded like one of their top prospects for Marsh and then they don't let him play every day, which doesn't really seem to make sense to me. But. Uh, if you're going to platoon, at least you have a top 10 prospect that you're throwing up there. And he's who is putting up good numbers in triple, I think double A actually. He's only 22. Yeah, he's, no, so like he's, the fact sky's that he's the limit. cracking the big league club at 22, I mean, that's pretty good. He's, he's uh, got like a 70 run grade and a 70 field grade. So you got some style there, but I just don't think you have what it takes to really get an Arenado. I mean, maybe, but like. You'd have to really just kind of dig deep and not empty your farm system or slash MLB team, but you'd have to do a nice nice bit of damage. So I don't know what, what direction they really go. And honestly, the NL seems to be pretty wide open outside of the Braves. I, you know, Being a Dodgers fan, I do think we're the second-best team in the NL. But, uh, I mean, they're, they're getting smacked around by the Orioles right now. Uh, the bullpen is a complete issue, and all their starting pitchers, pitchers are hurt. Uh, yeah. So it's you know I don't know what's going to go on with them. The playoffs are very fickle. Uh, the best team can go go out in the NLDS. Uh, the Giants and Diamondbacks being the the next best teams in the National League. I guess with the Phillies, Marlins, and Brewers, it's pretty wide open. So I guess if the Phillies, you know, they said just the Braves, let's go for it. like the Braves are like yeah, it's so pretty much the head and shoulders I above. I don't think the Phillies. I mean, you know, look at the run differential. Phillies are plus uh, thirteen. The Braves are plus one hundred and forty five. So. I don't think the the Phillies are going to compete this year, but uh, you know, could have said that last year though too. I mean, that's right. Absolutely, that's the that's the thing about baseball though is like it's so wide open and and anything can happen. So if there were if there's a way to get, I don't know if a Randall Gritchick is the sexy name to hear, Adam Duvall, yeah, uh, you know, like the Yankees are selling, try to get Giancarlo Stanton. um, Oh, I don't know if I want him. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's any kind of random bat that pops up for a um, cheap-ish, you know, where you have to give up Simone Muziotti uh, or Ethan Wilson or whoever, some of the Jylan Ortiz, that guy was supposed to be a top prospect 30 years ago, uh, McKinley Moore, any of these like lower prospects, if you have to give them up plus a Edmundo Sosa, why? I don't see why not. I just don't think they have much of a ceiling this year. You know, I do like their pitching. I think their pitching has carried the team. The bullpen seems to be pretty good. I was shitting on Craig Kimbrell the whole. I, I kept telling my dad, like Craig Kimbrell, wait for him to just be absolutely awful. He's yeah. been good, man. His ERA is not high. His his, his FIP's pretty low. His strikeouts are up. His walks and home runs are down a little bit. Alvarado is is solid. He's just you know inconsistent. Hurt. Seems him like and, him and Dominguez have been him hurt. So, yeah. So yeah, I was just trying to say, what the fuck happened to Sir Anthony? Yeah, um, they've been out for so like. Well, Alvarado got hurt, came back, and then got hurt again. So that's it, good. Like, I guess the hope would just be to get him back before the playoffs. And uh, Dominguez has—I don't know if it was an oblique or something—but he's like been out for a while. It seems like. And uh, who so knows? ideally, on paper, like you have Wheeler, Nolan Walker, Suarez. I think Matt Strom has been great. That, that, he's been a blessing. I mean, strike twelve strikeouts per nine. Didn't see that coming from him. Then you got ideally again, Kimbrel, Alvarado, Soto. And Sir Anthony, um, that's that's really good, man. I mean, again, they might not all be healthy at the same time. I don't know what's going on, but at the very least, if you can have like what, eight, seven, eight solid arms that you can rely on and count on, and that, that are talented, that's good, man. Like, not every team has that. I mean, the Braves don't even have that many, you know. So the problem is, man, they just they, they don't have many bats. You know, if you look at their their position players, there's only the three bats players just haven't with performed. A, That's the the big thing. No. Like the, a lot of those guys just have not stepped up. And I think that like you're right. Like when you when you focus it down and you kind of just go through the whole team, you're like, well, they just need a bat. And it's just like it's not re- like like I was just saying earlier. Like it's not really a position thing. It's like you you got to some they have to fit in. Like you can't just get like a second baseman or shortstop. And be like, well, you know, like we'll we'll figure it out. Like he he has to fit in somehow. But 
it's just uh, it's either a corner outfielder, one of those corner infield position sort of guys, even if it's a rental or whatnot. You know, like the I don't know, like is CJ Crone still a, still a thing? Like is he like that? I that thought number, he was hurt, but I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. Like those are the conversations that were happening early in the season. Uh, you know, Christian Walker put the Diamondbacks are good, so they're not going to trade him. So like I don't, and you know, I heard today that uh, Reese is trying to make it back. For the for the Who? playoff, Reese Hoskins is trying to make it back oh, to the wow. playoffs. I'm like, Jeez. yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that, but uh, it w- that Hopefully, wouldn't stop uh, me from making a move. And I also would trade Bohm for Nolan Arenado. I saw that conversation happening uh, a couple weeks absolutely. ago, and people were like, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Like, uh, I love Alec Bohm. I would never ever trade him. Yeah, you're you're well, out of your just, mind. You know. You're you're fucking delusional. Let me just say that you don't. <laughs> Miss out on an all-time great player, a one of the greatest third basemen to ever play the game, for Alec Bohm. As much as I think he's a solid, he's a solid player, but he has not like shown those leaps that we have expected. For as big of a guy as he is, he's only got nine home runs. He's still he's hitting two eighty, which is he's always going to do that. He's always going to hit for average. But if he played second base, it'd be different. He plays one of those power positions that we need power from. And we don't really get it. So I'd love to get like a first baseman and not have to worry about like you could put Bohm at third and you don't have to give too much up for him, but I don't know if that player's real. So Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing about all this. I just don't know who they would get. I'd obviously like all the names you say, I'd love, love, love to get uh Juan Soto. You know, I'd love to have a guy like that. That would, I don't care what the price is. I would probably trade all of those people, whoever it is. I uh, wouldn't trade Trey Turner though. I saw that uh, Joe Giglio saying that he's just uh, he's just <laughs> lo- has a field day trolling people in the afternoon. So, uh, but uh, what I uh, what I we do need is just it doesn't really. I I know that people say a right handed bat. I think a right handed power bat in the outfield, like a corner outfielder. He he doesn't fit that mold. Uh, mold but I, I not, wouldn't stop me either way. I just think we need another solid bat to kind of. T- we need to be able to take Edmundo Sosa out of the lineup. We don't need to have lineups with Edmundo Sosa in there. That's my opinion. Or, you know, you can put Bohm at third or first, but you have to have another guy in there that can produce at a high level. That's So you don't have to see Derek Hall in the lineup and stuff like that. That's yeah. just what I believe. But uh, I don't know who's going to be available. Like, what are the big names that are going to be available? Like, is Are the Guardians – like, I know Shane Bieber was the conversation – uh, I don't think so. Shane Bieber's about to come back. Guardians are playing well. Uh, that that division's a complete joke. So I think they're going to probably be buyers. I really don't know who's going to be available. I mean, it, it's it's the trade deadline. What end of the July or is it August first? I don't know. I thought it always was, but then they moved it up. Like I, I really don't know. I assume it's the end of July, early August. I don't know what the exact date is for the trade deadline, but uh, maybe Blake Snell. Uh, if the Padres want to move anybody, I really don't think Juan Soto is going to go anywhere. You never know. Um, Otani, we'll see. Uh, Art Marino, the, the Angels, is a complete just idiot. Doesn't know what he's doing. Marcus Stroman, Cody Bellinger. Oh, first, by the way. Uh, yeah, Josh Hader. Anybody on the White Sox? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not anybody on the White Sox. Luis Robert isn't going anywhere. Yeah. But Tim Anderson might. Tim, Tim, Tim Anderson, zero home runs this year. So. Yeah, he's been really bad. Uh, it seems like there's more pitchers than anything. I mean, if you, if the Phillies were to do anything, I think Cody Bellinger would be the guy to go after. He's pretty, he's playing pretty well. Uh, I think he's going to fall off. He's already had a couple of rough stretches, but I mean, you know, lefty bat. Obviously, I don't know if that's what they want, but he's probably their best fielder by far, and uh, maybe one of their best power hitters after Schwarber. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I think the Phillies should add a piece or two without giving much up. You know, maybe a low risk, high reward move, but. Jordan Hicks, if you want another reliever, go to ask the Cardinals for Jordan Hicks. If you want to do a package, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks, uh, Nolan Arenado, I don't know. Um, it just doesn't seem like there's that many. It seems like the market, the trade deadline market is very, very inactive. That's what a lot of experts and executives are saying. And with the deadline so close, uh, yeah, we haven't heard or seen any movement at all. I mean, you know, we're, the Yankees are talking about trading for Randall Gritchick. Like, <laughs> you know, that's how da- down bad they are, so... Um, there might not be that many moves. There might not be that many uh, players getting, you know, thrown out there for bait. So we'll see. I mean, the Phillies are in second, right? Second place, right ahead of the Marlins. Uh, Marlins have a pretty good young team, but uh, I don't, you know, I don't think they scare anybody necessarily. So I'd love we'll to see. get Cody Bellinger, a- though. 
I am with you on that because uh, he he fits the mold. Like he probably wouldn't be that expensive. He's a one year rental, sort of, right? Like he only signed yeah. a one year deal. So yeah, like that that would fit in perfect. Whether he's left handed or right handed, I I just think that's the kind of guy we should look for. But I don't know whether he's going to be like that great. Like like you said, like I, who knows if he really like pans out like that. But it's crazy to see David Robertson. Like I'm reading a list of like players who might be available, like Josh Hader, David Robertson. Max Scherzer is going to be available. They're saying like it's the a possibility. Mets, man. The yeah, the Met, the Mets are going to sell off everyone, which I I don't blame them to. You know, you probably should. Lucas Giolito, like maybe the Phillies do go out and get a starter that just kind of why not? You know, you like, never have too many, right? Yeah, I yeah, like as long as the price is right, I feel like we are. He's going to be aggressive, so it just depends on what he does. You know, like what what he actually the focus is, or what what is what becomes available, or what what we could get. So. Um, I guess that's it for baseball. Uh, I did want to talk about Flyers just getting, you know, do, doing very well in the draft, drafting the uh, the Russian savage, the sniper, the 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 gentleman, um, Michkov. What is his first name? Mikhail Michkov. Matvey. Matvey. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to take a lot to uh, remember. But <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got some time. He's not going to come over for three years, possibly two. You never know. You never honestly, know. Honestly, with 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 Russian players. Um, by yeah, that I mean, time, they the should steal. be good, or well, not should be good, but at least uh, respectable. It's thing for him to come over. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. So we we shall see. We shall see. They got him at seventh, which is just an absolute steal. Um, and uh, he might be the best player other than Bedard. So yeah, you um, have to pick that guy there. I, I don't know why yeah. these other teams didn't. Uh, it, well, I guess we're going to be bad, so it's like it's there's no incentive or there's no reason you wouldn't pick a guy there like that, but. So I guess I didn't even realize what the Angel waived. Yeah. After he got bought out. Okay. So he got bought out. There that is. They re-signed Cam York. They signed uh, that goalie. The the I don't know if he's Belarus Belarusian or Russian. If he's Russian or Belarusian. Also, don't know if I'm saying that right. Alexei Kolosov. Um, it looks like they're they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They're getting rid of some of these guys and they're trying to just be young, right? Build young. Get some other guys to fill out the roster, like Victor Mete, and um, you know, don't give out bad contracts. That's pretty much what they've done for so long. They've got they've given out bad contracts a lot. Uh, they just haven't had a nice blend of young talent with vets. Like remember Claude Giroux and Jeff Richards and Mike Jeff Carter, Mike Richards, nice. uh, so, <laughs> Danny Briere. Like back in 2010, when they had a pretty good team, they were pretty much uh, they were very veteran heavy. Claude was young. But they didn't have a goalie, uh, Michael Layton, who then played for the Blackhawks AHL team. Like they, there's, they've always been missing something. Yeah, they've never really had a well-rounded team in, in recent memory, anyway. So th- they're doing something good. I like what they're doing with their young players. They have a lot of good young prospects. Uh, I don't know whatever is Sean Couturier still alive. I don't know what happened. He's what on happened the team back. still. He, uh, I guess it was a hip or something. That's brutal. To, uh, you know, Ryan Ellis is probably never going to play hockey again, so they have to continue. <laughs> like that's fucking insane. They trade for a guy, plays four games, and he never plays again. Which, you know, brutal. Only the Flyers. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> you know, Cam Atkinson will be back this year. I think like some of those guys, they'll still get moved. But at least I forgot about him. He died. You know, everybody's just dying. Yeah. Yeah. Travis Konechny. Oh, what's up with him? He's still there. Like he's still just doing his thing. Uh, you know, they get rid of Provorov and they get pretty good return for him, which uh, that, that's a positive. You know, at least uh, they have to deal with him on Pride Night. They just probably could sit him out of lineup <laughs> on Pride Night. But uh, you know, I mean, the Carter Hart stuff. You know, that could that that could be the conversation around him could be ch- changing in the relatively near future with a uh, Listen, man, investigation a coming out. Uh, uh, you know, uh, pretty pretty soon about Team Canada and the. Uh, oh know. yeah, so I forgot about that. I think he might be. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't. I don't know. know. Like that's. Yeah. I I like. I think. <laughs> I, I think. I've heard he might be okay, but then I've also heard that he might be going down with this thing. So, Jeez, man, that's that's brutal. It's uh yeah, it's something to uh, look out for. But at the very least, I think the Flyers have a of uh, a, a vision, a focus, a goal. You know, and, and they have people that we trust. At the helm, as opposed to a guy like Chuck Fletcher, who just was operating like a fucking moron and an idiot, and much, we tried yeah. to act like we weren't like we're stupid hockey fans here, and that he's signing these people to these contracts, and we're like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you know, whether Tortorella works or not, who cares? But it's just like you know, the the players that he would sign these just 
bruising morons who it's like, oh, yeah, remember the Broad Street Bullies? We're like, yeah, dude, but we suck, man. Like, those teams were good. Nobody really cared whether they beat people up or not. It was the fact that they were good and they were beating people up. We just wanted to see good hockey. We want to see a team that we respect and that's not horrific and a joke. That's what we've been, you know, the last three, two, three years, I'd say, since the pandemic, basically, after they they went to the second round in in that, uh, you know, bubble playoffs, but... Yeah, that's uh, that's my Flyers talk. I, that's more than you've probably gotten in the last year from me. Well, I did a whole episode the one day about how Chuck Fletcher should be fired, and uh, that's that's and that's been was. a while. But I don't really have anything Eagles wise. I'm going to save that for uh, later on in the summer once the yeah. training camp starts. Once camp gets started, I think that's soon, right? It's in the next couple weeks, I believe. Let's uh, go. So Let's that's something to look go. forward to, baby. But uh, this has been the Hot Take Hotbox. It is good to be back, man. Uh, we we did a lot. Lot of Sixers, a little bit of Phillies, and a sprinkling of some Flyers. But I, I want to do this. I really do want to do these more often. I, I love. It's tough to do at this time of the year. It really is. That's that's the thing. I just you know I don't want to sit here and waste your time. But maybe next next week I might. I haven't updated my top ten power rankings of Philadelphia athletes in a while. Which oh wow, that was uh, always a we list do our I pound for doing. pound. The, we do have to do the pound UFC pound rankings, for so. pound list. So if you guys are still listening. Enjoy, We're going to do all the lists. Enjoy all these uh, shows. We love doing them. There's another one coming out on Friday, uh, a, a UFC full breakdown of UFC London, which we're doing it again. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This has been the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. I'm Ty Capone, as always. And as always, listen, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you flush twice. <laughs>